0: What's going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaber Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. That's right, guys. I'm trying to keep my promise to everyone and do these games. Do one podcast a week for NFL Week 1, NFL Weekly Recaps, along with preview in the next week. And we're here to recap what was an epic, just an epic Week 1. I mean, there were so many goddamn good games, uh, so many missed field goals, questionable coaching decision, Game's coming down to the wire, and I mentioned missed field goals, so we're going to start off with missed field goals and talk about that the New York football giants are 1-0 for the first time in six years. Hell, they are over 500 for the overtime in six years, with beating the Tennessee Titans, and oh my goodness, what a win. What a fucking win that was. That was like, I mean, it's, I think it's very fair to say, that was The most excited that any Giants fan should have been about a win since 2016. I mean, 2016 was the last time we were relevant. Are we going to be relevant this year? I highly doubt it. Uh, But it was still nice just to get that win, and also that win really signified a culture change. No more of these Jason Garrett first and ten, second and ten, run up the middles. You know, we had creative runs, counter plays. We had runs where there's a lot of a lot more pre-snap movement to set up those blocks, and it was just it was modern NFL football. That's what it was at the end of the day, and it was beautiful to see. I mean, like, maybe Daniel Jones' first game, maybe the win over Seattle in 2020 were, like, the closest I've felt to, like, this excitement. But this was incredible. An incredible win. Saquon Barkley putting the team on his goddamn back. And I've been a vocal critic of Saquon. I've been very critical of Saquon, especially, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with he was a running back drafted number two, which is some sort of unfair to him. Man, he balled out yesterday on Monday, or Sunday, excuse me. Uh, absolutely balled out that Sunday. I mean, man, just will this team the victory. You know, we saw things from Saquon Barkley that we just haven't seen in, in a while. You know, a lot of his thing is dancing. He gets a lot of criticism. He dances in the backfield. Dancing does this, does that. And that's a big criticism. That's another reason I've been critical of him. This game, he did some, you know, he wasn't doing dance necessarily. He was finding the holes right away and making those cuts. Now, I understand some running backs like the dance so they could find the hole, but the thing is, he was dancing behind the shitty offensive line, so he was getting hit in the backfield immediately. You know, this game was finding the open holes, made some great cuts. I saw an All-22 run that Bobby Skinner tweeted out about his, one of his runs, and it was, yeah, a really, really nice cut. Uh, just overall, he played great and trucking people too. Uh, You know, not afraid to lower his shoulder, and especially last year. Saquon ran scared. He ran absolutely terrified last season. Uh, That was a big, big issue with this team. Uh, One of the many issues with this team, honestly. Like, I'm not going to just put it on him. But uh, he was not afraid. And you can just see the energy, the emotion from these guys, from Brian Dable. It's a new era of Giants football. Look, I'm not expecting Brian Dable to come in and turn this team into a contender. I mean, this roster is god-awful. I mean, like, like the, the roster is god-god-awful. But you know what? They came in and Dable made the most of it. And, like, man, credit to this I mean, the defense, there's a lot of question marks in that defense, especially, you know, we don't have a, re- a legitimate number two corner. Aaron Robinson is not the future number one corner of this team. Uh, the linebacking core, especially now with Blake Martinez cut, is very, very trimmed down. In the middle linebackers were just okay, although Tate Crowder laid out Derek Henry. But, like, one of the most impressive things was the way this defense played without Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojulari. I and mean, without those guys, it figured to be a long day. But Oshane Zimenez, a guy who has gotten a lot of heat from Giants fans over the last couple of years, a guy who a lot of people th- even kind of wanted to get cut in the offseason, had a great game, you know, forced a ton of pressure on Ryan Tannehill. He graded out pretty well on PFF. Uh, so it was good to see that. But this defense. It was some of what we saw last year, where it was Ben Don't Break. Uh, we saw a lot of that last year where they'd give up a lot of big plays, teams would get down to the goal line and they'd hold them to a field goal. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit of that yesterday on Sunday again. Uh, but man, he just like the defense made the plays when they needed to. Now don't we almost blew it in the end, don't get me wrong, especially with those holding calls. But considering the lack of talent in this group, especially with Aziz Ojulari, especially with Kayvon Thibodeau out, I'm so thrilled with the way the defense played. Thrilled with the game Wig Martindale called. Like, that really was impressive. Especially, you know, he brought the he brought that pressure. That's what he's known for. We saw it, especially on the Titans' final drive. Although, with that pressure, we had a lot of one-on-one coverage. So, we had those two third-down holdings. And, like, that felt like, this just typically felt like a game that we've seen over and over and over again with the Giants. Oh, they take a late lead. Doesn't matter. We see them lose on, I literally saw them lose on 60 yard field goals in back to back years. Uh, and that's just, you know, I felt like, oh, Titans are driving. Tannehill they all had that big completion. And from there, uh, it was just it looked over. Uh, but no, Bullock misses the kick. And oh my God, like, I was, like, I was shaking. I was sweating, so nervous, like almost couldn't watch. I see it go wide left and right. I start freaking out. I mean, you guys saw my post-game reaction video on Twitter, I hope. Uh, that was maybe after a minute. That was maybe a minute after the game ended. And, yeah, so I was, it was just ecstatic. I mean, like I said, it was the best win we've had in six years. I mean, we went into Nashville. with the, the, the Nashville, Tennessee, home of the number one seed without our two starting edge rushers, and we win a game. Just, just very, very impressive. And like other things, I want to call out. Like Andrew Thomas was phenomenal. Like I, he is really is starting to play himself into being one of the upper elite tackles in this league. He was mauling, absolute mauling. Bud Dupree. I mean, the Titans. Bud Dupree and Harold Landry is a very, very, very scary pass rushing duo. Um, and Harold Landry had a breakout year last year. Dupree really turned it on at the end of the season once he started recovering from that torn ACL. Uh, but, like, Aziz absolutely shut down Dupree, and that was big. Now, you know, Evan Neal, we saw him struggle a bit, but you know what? Like, for the most part, this was Neal's first ever game, and he was fine. There's going to be growing pains as a rookie, and that's no big deal. Uh, The interior, you know, Feliciano was okay, made a big, big block on one of Saquon's runs. I believe it was the 68-yard run. Uh, We had, you know, the left guard spot's an issue. Uh, Hopefully when Shane Lemieux comes back, he'll – you know, solidify and hold down that spot. But left guard's definitely gonna be an issue all, all year long. Like Brett Bet- Ben Betterson wasn't good. Josh Awenu, e- the third round guard, he's clearly not ready. Uh yeah, so that was some of the issues. And then we definitely uh did have some other issues that I'm gonna talk about here and there. Like I mean the defense Defense still definitely has its problems. That's the secondary, especially late, was missing assignments. Darnay Holmes, that guy who was starting to burn him late, he's a fifth-round rookie. Uh, He's not like this guy who's an established veteran. Like, come on, Darnay Holmes, if you're the starting slot corner, you can't be getting burnt by a fifth-round rookie in his first career game. And then also Daniel Jones, like, he really didn't play that good yet. I know the numbers might look good, 17-21. But he he there he I wouldn't say he necessarily missed throws because he was accurate. But uh like there was times there was plays there and he just wasn't making them. Some of it was because pressures in his face. But no, like, you know, th- there are a couple plays that Daniel Jones should have been making the throw. And then he made it just an absolute boneheaded decision. Giants have momentum. We recover the muff punt. He throws that awful INT in the end zone. Just like I mean, that was one of the worst picks I've ever seen Daniel Jones throw. And I've seen I have a lot of bad turnovers. So that, like Daniel Jones probably not the future, uh, still has, still has a lot of those issues that we've seen him have over the last few years. And that's, you know, that, that's just the reality of it. But like, hey, we won this game and like, you know, Daniel Jones was certainly, he certainly wasn't bad. Uh, like credit to him because he responded, he responded really well after that drive. Uh, I know it was, it was, mo- I know it was mostly Saquon on that drive, but he still made the plays on fourth down that we needed. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the bootlegs. The bootlegs were really helpful. A good play. Just overall, great play calling from Dable. And, you know, his first half was whatever because we didn't look good in the first half. I mean, the Titans, they get up 13-0. I assume this game's over. But, I mean, the way they fought back was just incredible. To shut out, to essentially shut out that offense in the entire second half, limiting Derek Henry to four yards per carry, and, like, yeah, 82 yards is still good. But this is Derrick Henry we're talking about. Derrick Henry, when he gets 21 yard, 21 carries, excuse me, he's getting much more than 82 yards. And this is against a team with really weak linebackers. And if he was able to get past Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, oh, boy, things could have gone ugly. But there was good tackling there, too. Like, the Giants, they didn't miss many tackles, which we've seen them do a lot in the past couple seasons. And I was honestly going looking through some of my old Giants tweets, and, I've you know, a lot of tweets do complain about that uh but just just wow like Dable oh credit the Brian Dable by the way you know he got absolutely on on uh Daniel Jones for that interception and you know you love to see that you've never seen a coach get on him like that that's what a great coach does not afraid to get in his quarterback's face and let him know he made those mistakes absolutely love seeing that uh but like i'm just trying to think like one thing that, one other question i do have coming out of this game uh Kadarius Tony uh definitely with him, like I have no idea what the hell is up with Kadarius Tony, because this is now the second straight coaching staff that he seemed to piss off. Uh like I, I really don't know what's going on. I would hope that he's gonna have a part of this team. He was our first round pick last year, and you would hate after in just his second season for a first round pick to absolutely be considered a bust. He's he's a talented player. You know, we saw he had limited snaps, and credit to him. Like if I'm like there's a lot of players who Oh yeah, they only have their design players they're coming in for. Who might not even want to come in? You know, he came in and did you know, had that really nice run where he made a great read on Amani Hooker coming up and not biting on that. Uh, you know, it's a read that Daniel Jones sometimes doesn't make. And he ended up turning it into a nice little gain. And he also on the design run got it for a nice game, broke some tackles. So he's an explosive player. I just he can't be playing seven snaps. I really don't know what's up with him. And I'm starting to really, really question, does Kadarius Tony have a future on this team? I thought all that talk was just smoke, but, like, it was just weird that he didn't play at all. And without Wanda Robinson either, uh, like, you know, Richie James was the one who came in and made the place for Wandale. Does he not know the playbook? I don't know, but this Tony pick right now, it's I'm starting to have serious question marks. Uh, and just, like, the last thing I wanted to say, the last couple thoughts I have on this game, I love the going for two. Now I was even saying go for two, go. For... I was saying to go for two after we scored that touchdown, simply because we're not a Super Bowl contender. Uh, we're probably not a playoff contender. Although looking ahead, the nice the schedule is pretty easy, but not gonna get far ahead of myself at all. Uh, like, why not? It's the new era. Go for two. Establish that new culture. You know, that, that was the biggest thing about it. That was the big reason I wanted to go for two. We've had such a losing, conservative culture of football that's you know, was played in the 1980s. But this, this was a culture change. This was a culture change that shows, you know what? We're not playing scared. We are going to play to win the game. If we don't get that two-point conversion, so be it. We'd rather play for the win than go to overtime. And, you know, I love that Dable did that. I'm still, I'm really glad, you know, I didn't think he was going to do it, but I was saying, do it, do it, do it. And, yeah, it worked out. If it didn't work out, I wouldn't be sitting here complaining about that call. I mean, maybe I would, but, but uh, like, I honestly don't think I would because I seriously was saying to go for it. And just, what fight from this goddamn team, man? And that was it. Like, I just am really happy. It's a new era. And Justin Butterman, if you are listening to this, can't believe you not only bet against the Giants, you, you, you said you like winning money. So which means you wanted to you, you, you would have seen you you would have liked seeing your own team lose if it meant you made money. Not only that, you're doing a survivor pool and you pick against your team week one. Fake fan. Oh man, that was that was good though. That really was just exciting. A lot more exciting than this game, the first game of the season, which was Rams Bills on Thursday night. And it was straight domination from the Bills, really from the get-go. They scored on that first drive. They never trailed once in this game. And Jalen Ramsey had one of the worst games of his career. I mean, Ramsey is considered by many to be a top-two, top-three defensive player, uh, probably regarded as the best cornerback in football. But he got torched by Stephon Diggs in Week 1. And just overall, like like, that that was worrisome. Yeah, for the Rams, honestly, I'm not too worried. It probably was a bit of Super Bowl hangover. You know, most teams, when they raise a banner, there's rabid fans, ready, crazy, wild. The the Rams don't have that faithful yet just because of how new to L.A. they are. I mean, that game, like we see with a lot of these Rams games, especially in the NFC title game, almost felt like a Buffalo Bills home game. But that's kind of crazy for the Bills, like, all the way on the other side of the country to have a game feel like they're the home team. Uh, but, like, my biggest thing is, like, this defense, seven sacks— Three interceptions off Matt Stafford. They did this all without Tre'Davious White, and my biggest concern with this team last year was could they win the Super Bowl without Trey White, and that was why I had trouble picking them in the AFC. But like, nope. Like without Trey White, they were just fine. And he comes back. Like, he is also he's a top five cornerback in football. Tre'Davious White, him coming back should make this defense even better. Like I I picked this team to win the AFC for a reason, and. They made me feel very, very comfortable about that pick with their week one performance. Uh, Rams, though, like, again, like, I think they'll be fine. Stafford is still Stafford. Cooper Cup's still playing amazing. Although one thing I hate is, oh, and they still have Aaron Donald, by the way, who is just, like, a scary freak of human nature, uh, in case you've heard of him. Uh, I guess, like, the one thing with the Rams that did bother me, no Cam Akers, you know, everyone thought, oh, yeah, yeah, they they wanted him back last year for the playoffs because they like him. He's the guy. Hint, Cam Akers is not the guy. Barely played any snaps yesterday. You know, got me zero points in fantasy. Lucky for me, I was able to get the win in spite of him. But, like, yeah, Akers, he's not that guy, pal. Uh, moving on, Saints-Falcons. Uh, you know, this is one of those games, you know, typical Falcons game. Oh, they're up double digits. Shocker, shocker. Falcons are going to win. Oh, uh, no, they blow the game. And at this point, like, it's not a shocker anymore, them blowing the games. I mean, for me, I just feel like an idiot for not live betting the Saints uh, when they were down. Like, it almost is like, like, it, it should literally, at this point, if the Falcons are up by double digits and you go to live bet, the team that's down by double digits should be at least minus 200. Because, you know, this is the Falcons team that, that ha- has made a habit of blowing double-digit leads, and they're just not very good. Now, credit to them, they fought hard. Cordell Patterson had a really great game. I really wanted him in both my drafts. Got picked a couple picks before me. Uh, Drake London looked pretty good as a rookie, although he's still not as good as Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. You know, he just has, uh, he's just not as good as them. Uh, But New Orleans, like, you know, credit to them. They really, the offense. Mike Thomas looked back, Jarvis Landry looked back. I mean, MT had two TDs, uh, Jarvis Landry had over 100 yards. Those two guys, yeah, people could say, oh, that's an old receiving core. Two of them looked good. Chris Olave, you know, yeah, he was fifth on the depth chart, called a two-point conversion, and... You know, made some catches towards the end of the game. This is one of those games where, I mean, J- Jameis also no interceptions. And anytime you can see no interceptions out of Jameis Winston, that is always, always a great thing. Uh, then let's, unfortunately, what else are there from Taylor from this game? 63-yard field goal. Young Koo could have hit it, but I, uh, you know, got blocked. I mean, credit of the Falcons, they fought hard. It seems they always tend to fight hard when they play the Saints, even when the Saints are a pretty good team and the Falcons aren't. That's why I had the Falcons. I bet on the Falcons to cover the spread in this game. Uh, I felt pretty good about that. Obviously it hit. And there we go. So yeah, Falcons, their own one, probably gonna have a long, long season. Saints, 1-0. Niners, Bears. I mean, I had the upset. I picked the upset on my preview show. I said that Justin Fields, I had that for that Justin Fields. He might be a little angry. Oh, oh, Trey Lance? No, 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 he's not better than me. I'm better than him. And Fields played better than Trey Lance. Now, I mean, honestly, like most quarterbacks in the NFL play better than Trey Lance because Justin Fields, don't get me wrong, he wasn't that good. He was 8-17. Uh, he, he made two big throws when they needed them most. Uh, the touchdown to Dante Pettis and uh, I forget who the other touchdown was too. was also, but that was, he stepped into that throw. He wasn't playing as scared as he was last year. Made some plays with his legs, extended plays in the pocket, and that, you know, that's the reason why the Bears, you know, the Bears wanted to see from him. It seemed like they had an offensive coordinator who was better to play in his strengths. And look, his struggles was probably due to the rain, also. I mean, Trey Lance. I'm not the biggest Trey Lance believer. I um, mean, for me, the only reason I believe in Trey Lance is because I believe in Kyle Shanahan, uh, and that, 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 thats what my, that, I think that's that's the only reason I think a lot of people right now are high on Trey Lance is because they trust in Kyle Shanahan, and it also a little bit of what happened with Mahomes. Although it was complete opposite. I mean, look, I'm not gonna take this game away and say Lance stinks and say I was right. Uh, because that game was in the rain. I mean, they play in San Francisco where eh, it does get rainy in San Francisco, actually. But still, still regardless, You're tra- they're traveled all the way. You know, body clock is still at 10 a.m. And I always hate that. You know, I hate when a West Coast team has to travel for a 1 o'clock game. Or, I don't hate that, actually. Like, it's football. I don't hate football. But I hate, you know, betting on a West Coast team traveling for a 1 o'clock game, I'd say. And, you know, the Bears, they look. You know, the Niners, they looked a little sloppy. Maybe their bodies were still at 10. Raining, really, really sloppy conditions too. So I really don't want to take that away from Trey Lance. Uh, But hey, like if Trey Lance shows they re signed Jimmy G for a reason, you know, time will tell who's going to be the quarterback. But Bears, good win for them. Way to begin the, uh, oh my God, Matt Eberfluss era. Uh, And just a good win for them. I still think they're going to be really competitive this year. But honestly, for them, just to get a win in week one, Get Justin Fields' confidence going because you guys all know, that's my dude. I love Justin Fields. Uh, steelers Bengals, and this was one of those I was back and forth. Uh, I almost was thinking Steelers were going to win this game because I I, I think I actually did pick the Steelers to win this game. Did I not? Because I said this game had a lot of Week 1 vibes from last season, uh, like, you know, when the Steelers played the Bills. Uh, I'm actually almost positive I picked the Steelers in this game. I don't exactly remember, but... I'm am almost certain I did, and yeah, they won this again. It had those vibes where, oh yeah, you know it was hot hot pick, sexy pick last year, hosting Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh comes out and pulls the upset victory, and like you know everyone forgets about how good the Steelers defense is and. Oh boy! I mean, they had the. Mo- they were the most dominant defense of any in Week One. Seven sacks, five turnovers. It was just incredible. They made Joe Burrow at times look absolutely helpless and scared, and not the Joe Burrow that we know. Uh, but like. But he also did play a little bit like the Joe Burrow, we know, because he fought back despite the turnovers, despite the sacks. Still let this team not come back drive, And, you know, he put this team in position to win the game. Evan McPherson missed the extra point. But if he hits that extra point, Bengals win this game. And, you know, despite the turnovers and the sacks, it would have been such an impressive, like, win. Uh, Like, overall sloppy overtime with missed kicks. Uh, I mean, Jamar Chase, by the way, he is that dude. He had the game-tying touchdown. He nearly made a one-handed catch earlier that was just out of bounds. Uh, He is that dude, and he's going to be a top-five receiver after this season without a doubt. Uh, I mean, Steelers, like, offense wasn't that good. Najee Harris got hurt. Still more the same. Mitch Trubisky was maybe slightly better than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, Freer and Deontay Johnson played okay, but the Pittsburgh offense... Did nothing to inspire confidence. I mean, clearly, when you're when you're gifted five turnovers and seven sacks by your defense, and the only reason you win this game is because a kicker missed the game-winning extra point and other field goals in overtime, like your offense is clearly doing something wrong. Uh, now, T.J. Watt, like I mean, I'm mean, like I had Steelers over seven and a half wins because Mike Tomlin has never lost double-digit games in a season. And that defense is just too good to lose more than ten games. I thought. Now the defense is gonna have some issues. T.J. Watt is out, but he was supposed to be ruled out for the season. You, I mean, you saw him walk off the field, mouthing, I, "I tore my pec." Everyone thought he's done for the season. All of a sudden, the Steelers go from potential big win, and now they're me without Watt for the season. How does that impact the defense? Because T.J. Watt is one of those guys who is like a one-man. He is. There's very few defenders in this league who one guy can change the, the complexity of a whole defense. T.J. Watt is in that class. Uh, Luckily, you know, they still make it Fitzpatrick. T.J. Watt's only going to be out six weeks. You know, the schedule gets lighter towards the end of the year and the beginning of the year. So, you know, Pittsburgh, there's still room for them. Uh, I mean, at this point, Mitch. Mitch is not going to be the the starter all season if he plays the way he did on Sunday. Kenny Pickett will take over soon, although I'm really still not high on Kenny Pickett, if I'm being honest. Uh, McPherson, like, it's a lot like the Packers game last year where McPherson missed all those kicks. You know, then after that, McPherson became, like, Probably the best kicker, the second-best kicker in football last season. Uh, this season, he had that game in week one after an incredible kicking season. So, you know, we'll see. Was it just a lot like the Packers game last year? Or would the McPherson just have a lucky rookie year? Either way, Bengals, I think they're fine. This was the first game with a new offensive line. A lot of those guys were still gelling together. Uh, but there's definitely some room to be concerned because a lot of people, a lot of Cleveland fans especially, are not really high on the Cincinnati team and think that they definitely were lucky last year. No, no doubt they overachieved, but like I think with Joe Burrow in place and those receivers and Joe Mixon, plus the better additions on the offensive line, they'll be fine. Eagles, Lions, look, I am going to come out and say it. I don't care if they put up 38 points. Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. All of the stats came with running the football, and they were going up against the Lions' run defense who couldn't stop a nosebleed. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he was 18-32. of 32. That's not that good, and you know I'm so sick of you know the Eagles having these high offensive games where they could just run the ball down the throat to these really bad run defense, and everyone goes, oh Jalen Hurts is elite. He is not a good quarterback. Now you know th- now th- th- there is one thing about this that is a positive. Hurts can have all these games and run well like he did against Detroit, and they give him a big contract, and then Hurts is the Eagles' longtime QB. I want to be mad about that. Uh, you know I-, I will get you know just like about defense. Wasn't as advertised. Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift all made a ton of plays against that defense. I mean, DeAndre Swift torched them. All we heard all offseason oh, this Eagles defense, it's elite, it's elite, it's elite. It was really not that elite. Uh, You know, Jordan Davis has gotten rave reviews during camp. He didn't get that many snaps, and that's understandable because he's behind Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. But, you know, are the two of them showing their uh, age finally? A little bit of an interesting thought there uh just like I don't know man like I I, the Eagles I hate them they won a good game against the Lions they have an easy schedule they're probably gonna win the NFC East uh but yeah like they beat the Lions the Lions are just not good I mean every I know everybody loves Dan Campbell and people saw the Lions on hard knocks and they want to be like this team could be good this year this team could be good this year The Lions are not a good team. They do not have a talented roster. Look, Amon Ross St. Brown's a fine receiver. Jared Goff is not going to win you games unless he's literally like the Sean McVay system. Swift's a great running back, but this defense, way too weak. Uh, Moving on now. These these two games, honestly, I'm going to touch on them. A lot of AFC East action, which was a little boring. I mean... I was watching Red Zone. Like you, 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 uh, I have yeah, I have cable. You think I'm gonna go? You think I'm gonna go on CBS and watch the New York Jets over Red Zone? No. I mean, Red Zone's not putting on the Jets game at all. Like, like literally, like the Jets just the offense didn't do anything. The Ravens, uh, the only plays they were making were big touchdowns. So it'd be a red alert. Uh, you know, the Jets. I will say the defense did play solid. They did. They didn't. They gave up some big plays, but they never allowed the Ravens to really control the game. Like control. I guess. Dominate the game the way the Ravens came. The Ravens, we see them in these kind of games. They can control the line of scrimmage, control the clock, uh, put up 40 points. You know, they, they the defense was solid. I mean, I, I was pretty high on the de- defense coming in because of the additions they made in the off season, along with Robert Sala. I uh, you know, DJ Reed had a pick. Some people give him shit for celebrating. You know, read a story. I believe it was uh his uh, so, so, a family member. I forget exactly who it was. I read the article. Uh, passed away. I believe it was his dad. That morning, so, you know, him, inter- him getting that pick, you know, his point in the sky for his dad, you know, that was, that was really a nice nice moment for the for him. Uh, as for the Ravens, like, they're still good. I still think they're going to win the AFC North, although, you know, much like they lost all those guys last year with injury, they now lost Kyle Fuller at cornerback, and that's going to be a huge loss. But yeah. Another game that really wasn't anything was Jets – I mean, excuse me, was Dolphins-Patriots. Didn't really see this game on red zone. Uh, The Finns' defense was really, really good. I mean, you know, they were great to end last season. One of the – really, really made some great plays and did it again this week. Uh, I'll be honest, like, how good is that defense – you know, how how impressive was that defense performance against a Patriots offense that's led by Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? I mean, first off, Bill Belichick put a former defensive coordinator and a former special teams coordinator in charge of the run of the offense. Said special teams coordinator ran a quarterback sneak – Backed up inside their own 10 yard line. And yeah, that's the guy you want running your offense. Uh, I have legit concerns for this Patriots team because of that, because of the offensive corner, because of the lack of weapons. Like this, you know, they, we've seen them overachieve for years with, you know, probably not the most loaded roster in football. A lot of that was Brady. Still a lot of that was Belichick. Uh, but now you're starting to see that weak roster without Brady is really starting to catch up to them. And good win for the Dolphins, man. Like, you know, Tua didn't do anything impressive. Still got to, you know, wait on him, but just, just good for them. Then we have the Jags versus the Commanders. And look, this was actually a pretty fun game. Pretty active on red zone. Uh, some back-and-forth touchdowns. The rookies, the rookies were the show of this game. Trayvon Walker had a pick, you know, it was initially ruled a pick six. He so got tackled at the one. Uh, ran, uh, Washington or you got tackled. Washington eventually ran it in. Uh, for a touchdown or excuse me Jacksonville eventually ran it in for a touchdown we saw you know Devin Lord I believe had 12 tackles for the Jaguars the other first round pick from them and Jahan Dotson two tutties on you know one of them being a really nice grab uh so this was a rookie this was all, all, all in all rookie showing yeah this game was the full Carson Wentz experience he had those some boneheaded throws you're like oh my god he still stinks but he slung it he threw some absolute dimes, you know. The touch, I mean, Dotson. Yeah, I'd say he made a nice grab, but that was an absolute dime to him. He threw a dime to Terry McLaurin, and you know, the Washington, This Washington team was pr- pretty good on offense. Wentz had four touchdowns. Like I said, John Dotson looked good. Terry wasn't even Terry McLaurin, uh, but yeah, you know, we all know Terry is that dude. He's really good. Uh, D, I mean, Curtis Samuel was fantastic. The best game he's had since. 2020, maybe even 2019. I was just making a lot of plays for Washington, led them in receiving yards. I believe he led them in catches also. So it was good to see him back out there. As a Buckeye guy, I obviously love seeing Curtis Samuel do good things. The guy who scored the game winning touchdown against Michigan, my freshman year. Uh but no, I was I, you know, good for Washington. Like I said, this team was being very slept on to begin the season. I thought people were really putting him at four or five wins. It was like crazy because Wentz is a Decent QB. Now, the defense definitely still has some issues. You know, was this? Oh, man, how does that defense allow Trevor Lawrence to play well? Because Trevor Lawrence did play well. You know, it could be, oh, this was the Jaguars offense, and they looked good against Washington. The defense could be bad. But also, Trevor Lawrence, much like uh, Daniel Jones now, is in a modern NFL offense. He's being coached by Doug Peterson, who, yeah, yeah, they're falling out with Philadelphia, and I don't like the guy. You know, he's an Eagles coach, so I don't like him. I don't like him tanking that game the way he did a couple years ago. Uh, but, like, uh, he's a good coach. Like, what am I going to say? Uh, the Jaguars' offense looked good. So, you know, maybe now we'll actually start to see some more Trevor. And the Christian Kirk signing, which got mocked, you know, pay- paid some dividends for sure. Uh, you know, the ja- uh, Jaguars, though, like, I-, I can see them becoming this year's a uh, little bit of a frisky team because every year – Every year we have that frisky team, and they, they, they could be it this year. Uh, we have Browns-Panthers. This was the Baker-Mayfield revenge game. I picked the Panthers to win this game. I bet on the Panthers. I thought, you know, Baker-Mayfield and his revenge would do well. Didn't go as planned. Now, it almost went pretty well, him coming back, uh, winning that game, uh, and, like, you know, Browns fans, you know, much like that Giants game was for me. This is a game that the Browns have lost over and over a game, choking a double-digit lead. Of course, Baker Mayfield is the one who leads that comeback. Uh, just, you know, questionable decision-making from the refs, uh, just from the coaching staff over not, – not really even the coaching staff. Uh, like, just, it was it was typical Browns where they see themselves lose that game over and over again. Uh and the Browns, they, they lost again, they, they lost a game that or they excuse me, they won a game that they've lost over and over again. I mean the Browns, they're they're the team that would be on the receiving end of like a sixty plus yard field goal. But Cade York, especially the Browns, like they're a team that they can go they could go for a twenty-yard field goal and they'll lose it. That's just the kind of luck the Browns have had. But you know, this year for the Browns, it was a different it was a change of things. Cade York now was a six a sixty plus yard field goal. For the win, you know, Baker Mayfield's revenge game was ruined. And, you know, he didn't play well to begin with. So, even if they got the win for the Panthers, didn't really feel like Baker led them the victory. Uh, You know, Chubb and Hunt were still a good duo. They're still the best running back duo in football. And Brissett wasn't great. You know, he made the plays on that final drive that I needed to make to get the Browns to set up in field goal range. And for Browns fans, I know you guys are thrilled because I was saying, oh, we haven't been 1-0 in six years. This is the first time since Twitter's existed you guys are want to know Browns fans. Congrats on the win. You guys deserve to celebrate. And yeah, like for them now. For now, they have the Jets coming in the town, and I mean the whole thing for is how are they gonna be by the time, by the time Watson is the quarterback. Uh, they have a pretty easy start. They like, they can start off three and one, four and zero easily. And for them, it's really important to establish that strong start. And even if you're, if even if they're around five hundred by the time Watson's there, that could be really, really big for this Cleveland team. Uh, but yeah, like for them, good win for them. You know, usually with the Panthers, Matt Rule, he's used to the hot start. Now he's already zero one. Matt Rule at this point, he's living on borrowed time. I'd, I'd be shocked if he lasts through the season. Like there, there's almost no way he does. All right, ending the one o'clock games. Colts Texans and we already have our first tie of the year in Week One. Another game, you know, missed kicks. Uh, and this is one of those, you know, the Texans they they were up twenty to three, or I believe what was it, twenty to three entering the fourth quarter, uh, and you know, sort of dominating the Colts. And all of a sudden, it looked like, oh yeah, this is another year of the Colts and a quarterback issue. But Matt Ryan did what Matt Ryan has done over his career. Led a fourth quarter comeback to eventually tie the game. You know, Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor were great. Taylor, especially, 161 yards. Uh, he had that long touchdown run that we saw him do so much of last year. I guess it wasn't. Or, oh, never mind. I thought he had a long touchdown run, but was completely wrong on that one. Uh, but overall, like, good credit to the Texans because I've had the Texans winning one game this year, and at week one, they get a tie against the Colts team where. I don't know. I mean, the defense wasn't bad. They're, you know, I think they're still fine. They're probably still going to win the AFC South. I mean, it could just be a Colts team. Uh, I was. I'm part of my take. They said they haven't won a season opener in nine years, which is absolutely insane to me. Uh, I mean, but yeah, look. I mean, they had the, that loss to the Jaguars two years ago, where there's the Jaguars' only win. About one year, they got embarrassed by Russell Wilson in Week One. That honestly might have been last year, if I'm being honest, where Russ had four touchdowns in Week One. Uh, then th- this year, the the tie. So it wasn't a loss, but it was a tie. I mean, I, I still have him in the south of that defense. I mean, if Pittman can become – if Pittman has become my, Matt Ryan's legitimate favorite target, he's probably due for his best career season. Jonathan Taylor was my offensive player of the year pre preseason, so I'm still going to still gonna stick with that. Or actually, uh, did I go with Cooper? I, I don't even remember who I went with, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other thoughts I have from this game. I mean, I thought about a lot of betting the Colts. Wouldn't I have won, wouldn't I have lost, if I did, obviously. Uh, I mean, kind of the Texans' bowling league kind of felt like it was coming. But it would have been nice, though, because there are a lot of uh, Colts we would have gotten out in Survivor, although I got eliminated, which I'll get into later. Uh, Packers, Vikings, oh, oh, sorry, one last thought on the on the Colts-Texans. The AFC South, all four teams are winless after week one. Two teams played each other. Little, little fun tidbit for you guys there. Uh, Packers, Vikings, you know, obviously if these these students played each other and we had one team in the NFC North win, well, actually two, and it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, and I think the Packers are in trouble, honestly. Look, they lost week one last year, and I'm pretty sure I sat here and said the same thing, but there's a difference. Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams last year. This year he doesn't. I mean, these, this group of receivers was bad. Already without Alan Lazard, who was expected to be the number one receiver, I, I just saw something that he is practicing, so he might be back this week. Uh, but like man, they were they were just bad on offense, the Packers. Rodgers didn't look comfortable. You know, Romeo Dow was the receiver who was highly tatted in training camp, did okay. Second round pick, Christian Watson dropped a pass and just overall overall these wide receivers sucked. I would be very, very concerned. You had Jair Alexander get mad because he wasn't on Justin Jefferson much of the game, and that's already not good if you have players calling out the coaches in week one. Although, then again, I did see a play of Jair Alexander getting absolutely torched by Justin Jefferson. But it's also it's also Justin Jefferson, who he just went absolutely off. Glad to have that guy on my fantasy team. Uh, like, right now, like, I'm between him and Jonathan Taylor for my play, offensive player of the year. I was probably between them coming in. Hell, even though I might have said Cooper Cup, I really don't remember. Uh, but, like... What a game from the Vikings to begin the Kevin O'Connell era. Kirk Cousins looked as comfortable as we've ever seen him look in the pocket. And yeah, like, yep, yeah, he gets a lot of shit, Kirk. But he looked good yesterday. Justin Jefferson is just absolutely incredible. He is that dude. Uh, I could definitely see him getting 2,000 yards receiving because he is insane. You know, the Packers, they wish they had him because I really don't know how the hell Aaron Rodgers responds with these receivers. Now, is, is it dire enough where I think they're going to miss the playoffs completely? No, I don't think the NFC is strong enough where I can find seven teams where I'd pick over the Packers. The defense is still – it's supposed to be okay. We'll see how they do. I mean, against weaker teams that aren't Justin Jefferson. But this Packers' moment, it's not going to be the cakewalk that they've had since Matt LaFleur took over as head coach, where they've gone 39-9 and over the last three regular seasons. Uh, it's going to be a grind. And, like, I had them winning the North preseason – but I also found pretty good value on the Vikings to win the North as, as a future, so I took that, and not, not mad about it. You know, I think honestly both these teams are gonna go to the playoffs. Uh, but like Packers, they gotta they gotta figure shit out. they <laughs> going who's gonna step up and be that receiver? Uh, Chiefs Cardinals, uh, like blowout the Cardinals. I think they stink. I had the under. And I I had the take on my preseason show that Kyler Murray is the most overrated quarterback in football. I mean, the way he looked yesterday, he might not even go from being the most overrated quarterback in – like, he might just go from being well-known and not being good. Because, yeah, I just – I've been off the Kyler train. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury really didn't have any good play calling. It was clear they missed DeAndre Hopkins, although I thought they got Hollywood Brown to be a legit number one receiver. Hint, Hollywood Brown, he's not a number one receiver. I've been saying that. Not worth a first-round pick, but, you know, like – I guess the Cardinals don't watch as much football as we do. Uh, like, no hill, no problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, 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 yeah, that's funny. The Cardinals, they go to shambles out DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs without <laughs> Tyree Kill, what do they do? Pat Mahomes just throws a casual five touchdowns. I mean, it's insane. So, then the, Pat Mahomes, five touchdowns. This is his fifth career week one. He is 5-0. and oh. He's thrown 18 touchdowns, zero career interceptions in week one. That's abs- it's just, just absurd. Like like Pat Mahomes week one is just as good of a guarantee as anything. I think Cornell's going seven and ten. I feel pretty good about it, and they might be worse, honestly. They really might be worse. Kyler's not that good. The offensive line's not that good. They don't have a cornerback. They lost Chandler Jones. There's a lot of issues going on in Arizona right now. I think I think Cliff could be gone after this year. Chiefs and yeah, they're they're still the Chiefs. Just just remember that, folks. Uh Raiders, Chargers, one LA team looked really, really, really damn good this week. I mean, the Chargers, the two issues with them all last season were defense made a lot of bad plays. Uh, you know, some especially the run defense and the blocking. What do they do? They I forget exactly his name, but they signed a defensive tackle from LA and from the LA Rams, helped plug up stuff. They sign J.C. Jackson, and, you know, J.C. Jackson, uh, I know he was injured during camp, uh, I don't even know if J.C., I believe J.C. Jackson played, but he might have sat because I know he's been dealing, he was dealing with an injury during camp, so this defense looked great, uh, with J.C. Jackson, okay, he did play, J.C. Jackson, he, let me, let me double check, nope, he did not play, he did not play J.C. Jackson, that's what I thought, uh, He's practicing this week in limited fashion. But that defense played that good without him. They also got Khalil Mack. And oh boy, did Khalil Mack look like it was 2015 all over again. He had three sacks. I mean, Khalil Mack, you know, we saw, you know, people thought he was starting to hit a wall, rightfully so. He was getting up there in age. But now you put him and Joey Bosa on the opposite sides. They made life tough for Derek Carr. And like Herbert, too. Slung the ball easily. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen didn't even have the biggest games. But Herbert, like with guys like Josh Palmer, he's still finding ways to sling it to them. Uh, Overall, just a really good game from him. A really good game from the defense. Derwin James was all over the field flying for the Chargers D. And him being able to have that luxury in the secondary when J.C. Jackson is back is going to be really, really nice for the Chargers. Uh, The line, the drafting of Zion Johnson the first round helped make it even stronger. Zero sacks. And this is a team with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones up front. This is not a weak defensive front that we've seen the Raiders have over the last years prior to last season. Uh, You know, like the Chargers, I think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. The Raiders, look, I was high on the Raiders, and I'm still high on the Raiders. One of these teams had to lose in week one. I have both these teams. I was high on both these teams coming in. They had to play each other week one. I had to pick against one of them, and I picked against the Raiders. Now, I definitely think there's some issues with them, the O-line and the secondary, but my God, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, they haven't missed a beat together. Darren Waller was balling. I think this I think this offense can do a lot of things for the Raiders. They just, they need to block better. That's going to be the biggest thing, is how good would the offensive line be? You know, they don't have Leatherwood anymore, so, not that he was helping. Uh, yeah, Bucks Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Let's see. If, if you're a Cowboys fan, you gotta look up and see all three teams in first place in the NFC East, while you sit in the cellar. And that, like, you know, that's why like, the Cowboys fans can't even say, "Oh, Dak got hurt," because they looked horrible without Dak Prescott. And like, the Cowboys, I am just like, like, I'm, <laughs> I love seeing the Cowboys get embarrassed on national TV. It's you know, it it always makes me feel happy inside. But for them, like. Their problems are very serious. Even if Dak didn't get hurt, they all Tyron Smith was already lost. Uh, then they lost, I believe, Connor McGovern, uh, the starting guard. So that's two linemen, including your best offensive lineman or second best offensive lineman. If you think Zach Martin's better being out, they already didn't have any good wide receivers. Ceedee Lamb was the number one. Their number two receiver was Noah Brown. Like I know who Noah Brown is. He went to Ohio State. He didn't really do much at Ohio State, and like, you no, know, no disrespect to Noah Brown, but like, I was pretty surprised to see him make it to the NFL, just because he wasn't, he wasn't a number receiver putting up numbers at Ohio State like some of these other guys, and to see him as the Cowboys' number two receiver, wow. That's when I saw that I was like, oh man, they are in trouble, and now without Dak out for at least four weeks, like, they're in even bigger trouble than the Cowboys, and like, whew, I, I just, I love seeing it though. I love seeing it so much. I hate that. I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys. Seeing them struggle just makes me so happy. The Dak injury was dire. It just, you know, made it even worse. They, they were going to be in trouble regardless. Like, I honestly think he could have, uh, you know, if Dak's there, they'd probably win eight games, may, maybe nine, based on the way they looked after that. This team might win five games, uh, six games with Dak misses an extended period of time. Just wow. Like, oh, and Micah Parsons. How about this, Micah Parsons? I guess he he played pretty good, but him, he got absolutely bodied on a block by Leonard Fournette, and he talks shit on Twitter and tries to cry. Oh, I love to see it, because I can't stand Micah Parsons. I think that guy is such a jerk, such a scumbag. I mean, that's the that's why it wasn't a top-five draft pick, Did people know he's a scumbag. Like Literally, character concerns is what dropped him to Dallas while they were lucky enough to draft him. But not lucky enough to get the win yesterday because playoff Lenny, you know, someone didn't tell someone must have told Leonard Fournette it was the playoffs and not Week One because he went off. I mean, like I said, he threw that beautiful block on Micah Parsons, but he was having his way, just running all over the field, and the Dallas run D was not very good uh, at all. Like Fournette, he really just had his way overall, just had his way with this team. The Bucs, for them, they win as a team. This was a win that Brady didn't have to be Tom Brady. He was fine. Didn't do anything special through the one touchdown to Mike Evans. But it, it was the running game that helped. You know, the offensive line, you know, the, the, they did lose a little more. They lost Donovan Smith on the O-line. They lost Chris Godwin for a few weeks. So that should, you know, that should have hurt. But the thing is, they still have wide receivers. Like, they signed, they signed Russell Gage and Julio Jones. And Julio Jones did not look wash at all. You know, he was hitting very high sprint speeds. I saw something that said... Uh, I believe, like I saw some, I saw a stat about his sprint speed that like showed he still clearly has it. I forget exactly what the number was, Uh, but he made that. You know, Grady threw a dot to him on that deep on. I believe it was a forty-five yard gain that set up a first and goal. And yeah, Julio, he's gonna have be a much bigger role. We could start to see some of Atlanta Julio that we saw. Uh, Dallas, like the defense wasn't the run defense was bad. You know, they give some big plays, but they they know they held their own in the red zone. I just don't know what they expect from this team. I think they have done. Bucks, they're still on Super Bowl pick. Yeah, they lost some guys with injury, but I think they're going to be just fine. And last but not least, Monday Night Football. I mean, first off, I mean, what the hell are you doing there, Nathaniel Hackett? You're a boneheaded. I mean, you're you I mean, th- that's a horrible coaching decision to make in your first game. What are you doing? You trade for Russell Wilson. And you know, your whole you know, Russell Wilson, one of his biggest issues in Seattle was, oh, they want to run the ball too much. They wanna take the ball out of my hands. And he's like, Oh, we're gonna put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. You mismanage the clock. Rather than going for the you know, get shorter field position, rather than going for it on fourth down to take the take the lead rather than kick a field goal down four, you decide that you're gonna just Kick a field goal down four, and then a bunch kick a 62 yarder. You're not in Denver. Like, did he think, that, was, was he smoking weed before the game? Thinking that they were, I mean, it's legal in Seattle, so he was probably, so he could have gotten it there. Thinking that they were in Denver and it was going to have an altitude thing? Like, that was just absolutely boneheaded. And me, a bunch of people, pick the Broncos in Survivor, and we lose. We lose Survivor week one. I mean, I, I knew, I knew I should went the Ravens, but here I go, picking the goddamn Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and like, if Denver doesn't do good this year, Hackett will be one and done. This team is this team has unrealistic Super Bowl expectations, in my opinion. Now, I thought they were a good team. thought that they would look a lot better than they did in Week 1. Uh, but this team has Super Bowl expectations. And if they fall short, which Nathaniel Hackett's coaching decision can very, very well make them fall short of that. Like, like, very well short. I'm not talking about playoffs. You lose eight wins. You miss the playoffs. It's about like five, six wins. I mean, that coaching was really, really horrendous in this game. And not only that, like, they did everything they could to lose this game, Denver. Two fumbles at the one yard line. Are you kidding me? Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams both at the one yard line. Each running back fumbles. You cannot be giving away points like that. That's that's so easy right there. And yet you give it away. Uh like I get, I get it. You know, for Seattle, these players, they were upset with Russell Wilson. He was he's been a prima donna. Now, Russell Wilson at one point was my favorite player, was one of my favorite players in the football, National Football League. Probably my favorite QB. He is no longer that. He has just become the last couple of seasons a prima donna. You know, th- you know, there were some talks about you know he was weird, weird. There was whatever, but he's just a prima donna now. Like, You know, the players they were annoyed with him. The fans booing him. I was really surprised to see them booing because players have their beef with him. As a fan out in the street, bingo, booing the guy who is probably your best or second best player in franchise history. Brought you guys a Super Bowl after after all. Uh, but like, yeah, like. That would have meant a lot to Seattle. You could see the emotion. Geno Smith played played the game of his career. That game meant so much to Geno Smith. The guy was had a lot of struggles over the course of his NFL career. A lot of issues. But here he comes. He balls out. He wins this game for Seattle against Russell Wilson in a game that nobody was giving them a chance. Uh, I don't think Seattle's. You know, Seattle. Are they gonna do much? No. This this is a team that Pete Carroll tends to get the most out of his teams. That realistically, they're probably stoned him in five or six games. I had them at two or three. They show me they could be better than that, although they'll probably be without Jamal Adams for the year. Shocker, Jamal Adams is hurt, right? Uh, But, like, regardless, good win for Seattle, impressive for them. Denver, man, like, I don't know. I really, really, really don't know what to expect from them at all, if I'm being honest. Like, a little worried about them. Definitely a little worried about them. I'm glad I didn't pick them to go to the postseason. But, yeah, I really don't know. Uh, a couple other things I just wanted to call out now. My week one picks, I didn't. I didn't do the best in week one. If we're being honest, uh, just you know, give me a second here. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up my picks. Uh, do. I believe I went seven and nine in week one. Let me see. After stupid Excel is taking forever to load. All right, I went. I went I, I'm sorry. I went eight, seven, and one in week one. Not the best, uh, you know. My, my bets, though, my bets were decent. Uh, actually, not the best either. I went three and six. I hit on, I hit on Panthers plus. Excuse me. Yeah, I went three and six in week one. I lost on Rams money line. Uh, I lost on the, having the Patriots covering three and a half. I lost on the Panthers. I lost on Lions money line. Had the over in Giants, Titans, and I lost on Cardinals plus six. Uh, one on the Falcons, the cover as I mentioned, the Steelers, the cover, and uh, I won on the Vikings money line. Uh, quickly now, we're gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go through my week two picks. Uh, starting off Thursday night football. By the time you listen to this, I have Kansas City over the Chargers at home Thursday night. That crowd's gonna be rowdy. I have the Browns going to two 0 beating the Jets. Washington going to Detroit. Carson Wentz playing well, getting them the two and and0 and beating the Lions. Have New Orleans beating the beating the Buccaneers, just Brady has tended to struggle in New Orleans in his regular season career with Tampa, and I'm just going to have that upset going once again. Uh, The Colts, I think they're going to beat the Jaguars, but you you can never, ever be too confident with this team. I have the Steelers beating the Patriots. I just think the Patriots are in big, big trouble. I think that defense is going to really – the Patriots might not score against that defense, even without T.J. Watt. I have the Giants beating the Panthers – don't want to get ahead of myself. Aaron Robinson has been ruled out. Uh, Aziz Ojulari and Kayvon Thibodeau, We don't know if they're going to play yet. But like, uh, Aziz, you know, they were both. You know, Tibedo looks further along than Aziz. Uh, we'll see if we win this game. I hope we do. Uh, I want to, so I'm picking us. Uh, Ra- uh, Ravens, had a Dolphins, Ravens. Ravens are going to win that game. I think they're just a better team. Rams, Falcons, I'm picking the Rams. I'm picking the Rams and Survivor in my other pool, so hopefully they win. Niners, Seahawks, I have the Niners winning. I think, you know, Seattle had a big win last week, but this week you're going to start to see how that roster, that weak roster, really comes around to hurt them, and this will be a big, big test for Trey Lance. Bengals, Cowboys, I just can't see the Cowboys winning a game without Dak. You know, they're going to, they, like I said, they struggle without him. I can't see them winning a game without him. I have the Bengals winning. Denver, I think, is going to bounce back. They'll beat Houston. Uh, Vegas. Again, I think the offense is going to dominate the Arizona defense and they win their game. Green Bay, Rodgers will bounce back against the Bears. You know, this seems like, oh, Rodgers in trouble. That's always the remedy for Rodgers in trouble, playing the Bears. Uh, Bills Titans. I have the Bills winning on the first game on Monday night. They're 10-point favorites in that game, which is just absurd to me, though. And I have Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connor going into Philly, leading the Vikings to win over the Eagles on that second Monday night football game. And the last things I wanted to note before I end this show, Yankees starting to get play better now. Uh, they won three in a row. They beat the Red Sox in extra innings yesterday. They had two dominant wins over Tampa Bay. You know, big to start getting going as, as you know, start the heat up towards the end of September. Glaber's heating up a bit. We could need that. And just what a wild week two of college football. I mean, I could spend another hour breaking down the craziness that was that week too with all the upsets. I mean, we had all these, we had so many teams as double digit favorites lose, Bama nearly lose. Notre Dame's not good. a not good. I mean, games, crazy games going on from noon until 2 a.m. And I was watching it all. This weekend was from noon on Saturday to 11 p.m. on Sunday. Pretty much all football. But, everybody, I want to thank everyone for supporting the podcast and listening. Remember, go follow the Birds of You podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases. If you want my live reactions during NFL Sundays, during Yankee games, during Ohio State football games, go follow Jay Birds Eye You on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.